Come on, United Church, how are you feeling today? Are we feeling good today? Oh my goodness, I am, um, I'm like, if there's like a one to 10, I'm like a 74 right now. And, uh, and so, uh, man, I'm so excited to be um, in the house today. I'm so excited to preach today. It's been a, a few weeks since I've been able to preach. And uh, I, I can tell you, um, there's a part of me that is missing when I'm not able uh, to, to preach. And so um, I, I'm thankful for Pastor Mark a couple weeks ago. I'm thankful for Pastor Davey preaching last week. Um, but God, I'm just so thankful that I get to preach this week. I don't know about y'all. I'm just so, I'm so grateful for that. But listen, hey, before we jump into um, this brand new series, I want to tell you about something that's coming up this Friday. We are so excited because um, you, if you attend our Milford campus, you already know this. If you attend our Dover campus, you may not know this. Um, but we are all opening a full service coffee shop in our Milford campus. Come on, starting very soon. And um, this coming Friday, we're actually partnering. One of our partner ministries um, is 88.7 The Bridge. And uh, many of you listen to 88.7 The Bridge and uh, amazing, amazing ministry that's happening all over Delmarva and in, in Southern uh, Jersey. Um, but God is doing some really cool things. But this Friday coming up, we actually get to partner with them uh, for their morning show because Bill and Denise are celebrating 30, their 30th year year since their first ever, come on, morning show. I think we should give it up for them. That's amazing. It's amazing. And so what we're going to do is um, we're going to have the coffee shop open this coming Friday, and uh, we're going to be serving up some free drinks. Come on, somebody, free drink. If it's free, it's for me. That's what I've always said, right? And so uh, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m., and they're going to be broadcasting from there. It's going to be really cool. It's going to be like a little party, and uh, I have no clue. If everybody shows up, We'll just figure it out. You know what I mean? So, um, but man, we're going to have an awesome time. And one of the really cool things, it's called Legacy Coffee Co. And uh, we just believe, uh, we, we talk so much about legacy. And one of the cool things um, about this coffee, uh, coffee shop that we have is all of the proceeds that come in from Legacy Coffee Co. are going to go back into where, church? Legacy. I just figured you'd figure that out. And so it's, it's just going to be self-sustaining, and it's also going to help us support Missions Expansion and United University, and so that we just get to do more of what God has already called us to do. And so I'm excited about that. Um, but today, we're jumping into this brand new teaching series called Winning. And uh, I, I'm so pumped about this teaching series. And uh, I, I want to talk to the parents for a second. How many of you parents, you know this to be true, Right, that there are some shows that your kids watch. I have a five-year-old, so just go with me for a second. There are some shows that your kids watch, um, some of which you don't mind watching, right? Some of them are, are not that bad. And, and then some of them are the absolute worst. Can I just get an agreement on that? Yeah, some of them are like somebody was on crack when they created this show. I'm not sure what happened with this. Um, shows like Coco Melon, right? Like, I mean, like why in the world would this ever be created? Somebody was um, intoxicated, inebriated, something when they made this show. Other shows um, that Jace has watched before, Dear God, Help Me to Get These Images Out of My Mind is things like Peppa Pig. You know what I'm saying? Like they just got the, right. You're like, did you just snort? I did just snort because Peppa, Peppa snorts all the time, right? And it's just, it's weird. Like, it's just weird. But, but then there's shows, right? There's the, 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 the Coca Melon and the Peppa. And if you don't have kids yet, like, just good on you, right? Like, you don't have to watch these things. Um, but then there's shows that you don't mind watching, right? There's shows like Bluey. Any Bluey fans out there, right? Like, I, I find myself, like, just throwing Bluey on even if Jace is not home, right? I'm just like, you know, I'll do a bum shuffle, right? I'll do whatever I got to do to, you know, some of you guys know what I'm talking about. If you know, you know, right? Bluey, I, I love shows like I, I've enjoyed Paw Patrol over the years. It's been pretty good, you know. I've, I've loved Ch Chase and, uh, you know, they've got heroes like police officers and heroes like, like, like firemen. And they've got heroes like 
the recycling guy, right? Like, I'm not sure how those all, but that's beside the point. Um, I love some of these shows. I've really enjoyed some of the shows, but one of my favorites that Jace um, used to watch all the time is a show called Curious George. Come on, anybody, anybody loves some Curious George? And I, I love the fact that, that my son is now being raised by shows that raised me. And uh, he has these, this DVD uh, that was like a compilation of, of Curious George, and it was always in the car because that's the only place I have a DVD player. I don't have one in my house. Um, but we, he would watch this compilation of, of Curious George shows. And one of the shows that really stuck out to me was a show where, where George was learning how to play different sports. Like George was, was, was going through tr- trying to learn the different rules and trying to learn the different regulations and, and how to be effective in these sports. And, and, and one, of the first, one of the first sports that George learns how to play uh, is basketball. And, and George was, l- let me just be honest, George was not great at basketball. I, I've actually if I want to be very honest, I've never actually watched this show. I've only been in the driver's seat while he watched it in the back. Come on, somebody. You ever, how many of y'all vicariously have watched shows with your kids, right? Yeah. But, but I, I heard this, this, this screenplay going on, and George is playing basketball, and what happens is the person that he's playing against is probably the man with the yellow hat. Don't know. Can't verify that. I was in the front seat. But we, we see that George begins to get the score ran up on him, and he gets dominated in basketball. And so then they switch over to putt-putt. I love some putt-putt. I love going out to, to, to Trey Sorrell, you know what I'm saying, and, and showing people what's up with, with my, my putt-putt skills. And, and George is, is playing putt-putt. And one of the things that George doesn't realize when he transitions, let, let me just tell you this, we're going somewhere today. Okay, you're like, why are we talking about, we're going somewhere today. But George doesn't realize that as he's transitioned from playing basketball to putt-putt, come on, the rules change. And so George begins to play putt-butt by the same rules that he's playing basketball. And he's like, you know what? I got dominated because they scored more than me in basketball. And so I'm going to score more than them when it comes to putt-putt. And George is like, he's just hitting it everywhere. The ball's flying all over the place. Only to find out at the end of the game, George has lost because he was playing by the wrong rules. George was, was trying to win, but what he didn't realize is church, what he didn't realize is this, is that he was winning at the wrong thing. You ever been there in life? You, you ever been there in, 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 your, in your circumstances? Like you're winning, right? Like you, you're, you, are, you are tearing it up, but only to, to realize that in your life that you are winning at the wrong thing and we want so desperately to win in life but the problems is so often we find ourselves playing by the wrong rules that we are trying to win we really are but we're losing and here's the tricky thing here's the tricky thing the tricky thing is this is that many of us are killing it in one portion of our lives but we're losing in another portion of our life the tricky thing is, is, is that we can like actually, we can deceive ourselves. We, we can deceive ourselves into thinking that we're winning, but we're, we're winning at the wrong things. We can deceive ourselves into thinking that we're, we're, we're actually, we're, we're, we're taking off and we're, everything's great, but we're, we're winning. Like our personal life is great, but our professional life is a wreck. Like our spiritual life is fantastic, but our relationships 
are slipping. Some of us find ourselves, our business is up and to the right, but our family is down and to the left. Our finances is great, are great, but our fitness is atrocious. We're winning in one area, but we're losing in another. And some of us are just flat out playing by the wrong rules. I, I know something about all of us. And some of you are like, Pastor Kenneth, you don't know me. You've never met me. You don't know anything about me. Listen, I, I know this to be true about you, I know this to be true about every single one of us, is that we like winning. Like in my life, I have never talked to anybody that's like, you know what, Pastor Kenneth, in my life, you know what I love? I love losing. Like I, like if there's anything I could do, like if you could just, if I could take an L, like I love taking an L in life. Like there's no better, more fulfilling feeling that I've ever had in my life. Oh God, if I could just lose at everything that I do, like it would just, it would just make me so fulfilled. Losing's my favorite. <laughs> if you ever talk to that person, please don't point them my direction because they will hate me. They will hate me so much. No, no, the, the, the deal is, is that we love being on the victorious side. Let me just see by a show of hands, Milford Dover, how many of you love winning? Just raise your hand, you, you love winning. How many of you love losing? Don't raise your hand because I, I will have lost respect for you. No, we all, we love to lift the trophy. We love to be on the victorious side. And so what I wanna do over the next several weeks is to help all of us win. What I wanna do is I, I, wanna, I wanna give some teachings over the next several weeks to help us win but not just win, to win at the right things. And not even just win at the right things, but to play by the right rules. And what I love about Jesus is that Jesus is always ahead of us. Have you ever seen that? Have you noticed that in your life? That Jesus is always like a step or 10 steps. Don't get theologically all up in arms about this. I don't know how many steps ahead of us Jesus is, but he's just ahead of us. And Jesus is always ahead of us. And he talked about this idea in the book of Mark. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter eight. We'll be there in just a second. But Jesus actually warned against this idea of playing by the wrong rules. Jesus is uh, in the thick of his ministry and ministry is, is going well. And I love this about Jesus is that that there's, there's all kinds of craziness happening. There's miracles happening. Jesus is in the middle of teaching but it's almost like Jesus calls a timeout in this moment and gathers in his people, gathers in his disciples and his followers. And he's like, listen, I want you to see this because if you're going to win, I want you to win at the right things. And if you're going to win, I want you to play by the right rules. Check out verse 34, Mark chapter eight, it says this. It says, in calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Verse 36, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? I love the message paraphrase written by a guy named Eugene Peterson. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writer. I want to read it to you in the message because it, it, it might just bring it home just a little bit more. He says this. He says, calling the crowd to join his disciples, 
He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I love this. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? What good would it do if you win, but you won at the wrong things? Like what good would it do if you gained the whole world? Have you ever just paused for a minute in your life and, and maybe you've read this passage before? You ever just taken a time out, pause in your life? Because here, here's the idea of, of reading scripture is that we don't just read the Bible. Come on, we allow the Bible to read us. And so often we, we read the Bible to finish instead of reading the Bible to change. I heard that my freshman year of college and it changed everything about the way I approached the word of God. Like I would always read to finish. I would always read to complete because that's what a good Christian does is they, they read the Bible and they're done for the day and then they just go about their business. And I heard somebody introduce this concept to me. They said, listen, what if you didn't just read the Bible to finish, but what if you read, read the Bible to change? And so Jesus, he actually poses this question to us, like, like this idea of what good would it do to get everything you want and lose you? Like what good would it do if we are winning in every single area of our life, but we lost the spiritual battle in our life? What good would it do if you pad your accounts, if you got all the successes in life, if you build a great business, if you have all the accolades, but you lose your soul. Listen, I don't wanna just preach to you, I wanna jump in the boat with you because can I even tell you that as a pastor, that this same exact thing can happen to me. Like what good does it do to, to build a church but to lose your soul? What good does it do to have all kinds of great things but to lose your soul? Like I, I'm not preaching at you, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this with you. And so today, if we're gonna talk about winning, we, we have to talk about winning at what matters. And church, I just gotta know, are, are you with me today? Are we in this together today? Are we in this together? I, I just want to know that. I, listen, I, I, wanna, I wanna tell you this. I wanna encourage you. Like God's, like God's stirring something in me. He's doing something fresh in me. And, and I, I just like, I've gotta let it out. Like I've gotta, I've gotta like, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm, um, I feel like I'm a caged animal right now. Come on, somebody. And I'm about to break out the cage, but I wanna tell you how to win. I, I, if you wanna win, would you just throw your hand up? Say, listen, I wanna, spiritually, I want to win. Yeah, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought that would be true. And so what I wanna do is I wanna point out a few things from this passage that if you and I are gonna win and play by the right rules, and the first one is this, is this idea that lordship matters. If you're taking notes, I want you to write those two words down. Lordship matters. What, what, is, what does lordship mean, Pastor Ken? Let, let, me, let me break this down. Check out verse 34 again. It says, calling the crowd to join his disciples. He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. And, and here's the, the kind of practical piece of what lordship means. He says, you're not in the driver's seat. I am. And church, can I just tell you that if you want to win and if you want to play by the right rules, can I just tell you today that lordship matters. 
Like lordship is literally, ch- check this out. Let me, let me illustrate this. Lordship is this, if this is the driver's seat, we're in America, it's on the left side. If this is the driver's seat, lordship is literally opening the door, stepping out, closing the door, walking around to the passenger side, opening the door, sitting your butt in the seat and sitting in the passenger seat. The theologian Carrie Underwood was right. Jesus, take the will. She was so on to something in her screechy, annoying voice, but that's beside the point. Anyways, out, sorry, that was, that was rough. That was rough. Haven't preached in a few weeks. Rough. Anyways, driver's seat, get out, close the door, walk around and sit in the pastor's seat. That is lordship. Literally saying, God, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the driver's seat. You are. I grew up in the South. And um, one thing you got to know, if, you, if you've never spent a lot of time in the South, People are spiritual, like, and it's not always like, like good spiritual. Sometimes it's like weird spiritual, sometimes like fake spiritual. Like there's churches on like every corner spiritual. Like you don't believe me, just, go, just head down south. You're like, I mean, they're great churches. I'm sure they're great churches, but there's churches on every corner. And I remember growing up in the Baptist church that I grew up in, Southern Baptist Church, King James only. Come on, somebody. I made it out alive. I, re- I, remember, I remember nothing against Southern Baptist or King James Version, but dear God, you ain't going to hell if you read a different translation. Anyways, I digress from that. That's not, not the point, not the point. But I remember walking out to the parking lot often, and, and I remember being in the South, and there were these little, these little plates, you know the plates that go on the front of the car, and the bumper stickers on the back. I actually got a picture for you that says, God is my co-pilot. Check it out. It says like right here, it says, God is my co-pilot. Y'all, maybe you've seen this before. God is my co-pilot. And what I realized is herein lies the problem. Like this is the problem with so many of us is that God is my co-pilot. No, can I just correct you? God is not your co-pilot. God is your pilot. And if lordship really does matter in your life, can I tell you, you got to get out the seat, close the door, walk around, open the passenger seat, and sit your butt in the passenger seat. Like, we laugh about this, but I don't want you to forget this, that lordship really does matter. That lordship, if you want to win, and if you want to win at the right things, you got to understand that lordship matters. There's often a transition that happens in people's lives. And it's where Jesus makes the transition in your life from your Savior to your Lord. Now, there's a a big word for this called sanctification, literally where God makes you more and more and more like him. But the way I've always described it is, is when God transitions from being your Savior to being your Lord. And I'll never forget April 1st, 1996, I prayed to receive Christ. My dad led me to Christ Shout out to my dad. I love my dad. But, but my dad led me to Christ. And, um, and I have no doubt that after April 1st, 1996, if I would have died, I would have gone to heaven. I would have spent eternity with Jesus. But there was, a, there was a, a span of time that happened in my life where God began to mold me and God began to break things off of me. You ever been through that painful, maybe you're, hopefully you're still in that, pain, that process where God's like knocking the rough edges off of your life, making you more like him. And I remember around December 28th, 2003, about seven years later, I remember I was singing a song, and I've shared this with some of you before, but I was singing a song called Here I Am to Worship. Y'all remember that song? 
Here I am to worship. Yeah, I need a guitar. But I was singing that, but then it gets to the bridge and it gets to the bridge and it says, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross. And there was something that took place in my mind. There was something that took place in my heart that Jesus just went from the guy who went to the cross for me to the one that I would do anything for. Like he moved from just being the savior of my life, like I've got fire insurance, I'm not going to hell, to like lordship, like God, whatever it is that you want, God, that's what I want. That's what I want in my life. And I think that, I think that lordship, this lordship issue is the issue with Americanized Christianity. Let, let me just go here for a second. Because American Christians don't want lordship faith, they want Burger King faith. And can I just tell you, God doesn't work that way. Like we just want, and God, like there's no way, there's no possible way that God could ask me to do something that like I don't understand. There's no way that God could call me to a standard that, that's not something that's my preference. Like there's no way that me and God could ever disagree. And I've talked about this so much recently, but I want to continue to talk about it. If the only thing, if, if everything that you believe about God is everything that you can wrap your mind around, you've only created an idolized version of yourself. And we put ourselves on a pedestal when we worship ourselves. And come on, can I tell you that there's no such thing as have it your way faith. Lordship says, God, whatever you want. God, whatever it is you want. God, that's what I want. God, I, 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 even if it goes against my desires, even if it goes against my preferences, even if it goes against my understanding, God, I'm submitting to you and I can feel some of the wind come out of the room when I start talking about lordship because this isn't like the, yeah, like, let's go. Let's like, let's just worship Jesus. Like this is tough stuff. Like this is like submit everything to him. This is like God, my, my finances, God, my family, God, my, my career, God, my calling, God, God, every, everything, like my, my lust issue, God, my anger issue, God, my pride issue, God, everything, all, every, like lordship matters. And I'm saying, God, whatever it is that you want for my life, that's what I want. Like lordship really does matter and I get it. I understand the golf clap. I really do because it's a small percentage of us. Like we want Burger King and like if maybe, maybe some of you aren't familiar with what I'm talking about. Burger King says you can have it your way. Right, some of you haven't been, I haven't been to Burger King in like a decade. So it may, it may, <laughs> may be lost on you and I wanna bring, it, bring some clarity. I'm like clarity is kind, kindness is clarity. And so we just brought clarity. All right, cool. Verse 35, continuing on. Jesus said this, he, he keeps pressing in. He says, don't run from suffering, embrace it. And thank you, Jesus. The second thing, Lordship matters. Second thing is that suffering happens. Woo. I, I don't wanna belabor this because we just finished an entire series called Pain to Purpose, but I, I can't not go here in this passage. Jesus didn't tell you and I that suffering would be optional. No, no, he said, don't run from it, embrace it. Jesus said in John 16, 33, the second half of that verse, he says, in the world, you will have tribulation, you will have trouble, you will have suffering. He says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying that if you wanna play by the right rules, you gotta realize that following him was never promised to be easy. 
Peter actually got onto the same boat with Jesus' teaching. He told you and I that suffering would come. Check out 1 Peter verse 4, verses 12 through 16. We just read this in Lamp and Light last week or a couple weeks ago. He says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. Like, I haven't got there yet. I haven't, Peter, I haven't got there. Like the sufferings, I'm not like, God, thank you so much. God, you know what, like this, and, and not getting the parking place, that's not suffering. That's not what I'm talking about. But I haven't gotten here that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Verse 14, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Can I just tell you, as we continue to walk out in our culture, can I tell you that verse 14 is gonna be more and more true, that you will be insulted for the name of Christ? That if you stand, if you take a stand for what you believe God says and what you believe God's word says, can I tell you that you probably will incur some suffering, not trying to be negative, just trying to tell you the truth, trying to forewarn you, because I'm a, I'm a brother in Christ and I love you. Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Verse 19, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. You know, in my, um, my time in, in, in ministry, 13, about 13 years, uh, I, I found this to be true is that the, the Christians act like something is wrong with them when they encounter suffering. Like, how, how, do, you, how do you think um, professional athletes get better? They go through suffering. How do you think people that are experts in their field get there? Right, there's that 10,000 hour rule that they, they go through suffering. How do you think that special operators in the armed forces become who they are? They go through suffering. And so what makes you and I think that if we're going to follow Jesus, that we won't encounter suffering? It's literally impossible. A.W. Tozer said this, it's doubtful whether God can bless a man or woman greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Let, let me read that again. Wrap your mind around this. It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. You walk with a spiritual limp, good, me too. And I think this is, where we need to find ourselves, where we say, to God be the glory. Like, I've got some things that, like, I'm working through. I've got some things that I'm continued, that God has continued to help me with as I walk through this. But my favorite thing, and not really my favorite thing, but, like, probably the, the hardest thing for me to hear is when Christians use this phrase. Check, check it out. I, I, I hesitate to even say it because I'm like, oh, God, like, like, people actually say this. And if you've said this, don't, or if you've heard your neighbor say this, don't like elbow them, don't rib them, don't do nothing right now. Just kind of like take this for a second. But they say this, I, I didn't, I can't even say it. They say, they, Christians say this, I, it's hard to say. I didn't sign up for this. And every time somebody says, I didn't sign up for this, literally the only thing I can think is this, is you didn't sign up for what? Like when you gave your life to Jesus, you, you, you gave your life to a guy who went to a cross. 
Like you went, you, when you were like, Jesus, would you save my soul? Jesus, I want to follow after you all the days of my life. You gave yourself and submitted yourself to say, you know what? I'm going to follow after a guy who was whipped, who was beaten, who was spit on, who was mocked. Like all of this injustice was done to Jesus. I didn't sign up for what? And so when suffering happens, can I just remind you what Jesus says, that if anyone would come after me, verse 34, the second half of that says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus said, take up his cross, the worst device of torture ever used in the history of mankind. And Jesus so politely invites you and I to pick it up. How kind of him. Like, hey, you got to understand it's not going to be easy. You gotta understand that it's not always our way. Like church, I know that like when you came to winning, you were like, Pastor Ken is gonna teach me how to just how to how to just fly into the sky. My my building, my my business is gonna be just like, it's gonna be like 10x. Like I just can't wait for like I I can't like yes, we're gonna talk about some of those things, but I need you to win at the right things. Like there's foundational things that I need us to win at, one being the idea that lordship matters, the other one understanding that suffering happens. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. Don't miss this. He said, I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. That may take some of you a moment to wrap your minds around the rock of ages being God Almighty, the Father in heaven, that I've learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Church suffering happens. The last thing I want you to see is that sacrifice preserves. Sacrifice preserves. Check out verse 35. Listen, don't run from suffering. Embrace it, Jesus says. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to saving yourself, your true self. And in typical Jesus fashion, He turns everything upside down. I love reading the New Testament because everything that we expect Jesus to say, it's like he says the opposite. He introduces these kingdom principles. He's like, you know what? The way up is which way? Down. He says the way to the front is actually by heading to where? The back. He says the way to the top is the bottom. The way to lead, it's by serving. He says, when you get, check it out. He says, when you give, you actually receive. When you serve, you are refreshed. When you put it down, you actually get to pick it up. It's a crazy, crazy thing. And I think that all of it was an attempt for Jesus to teach you and I that this is that when you have a closed fist and things start coming into your hands, you can only hold on to what you have. But when you live open-handed, come on, he wants to pour so much into your life that all you can do is just receive more and more and more. This idea that sacrifice preserves, it's backwards. Like, how do I get to keep it if I give it up? Like, it doesn't make sense by the world's standards. But can I tell you that Jesus doesn't operate by the world's standards? He operates by different standards. He says, you know what? I I, I want you to understand this when it comes to kingdom math. That you'll actually do more with 90 than with me than you could do with 100 by yourself. 
He says, look, you, you actually accomplish more in six if you put me for, like he, his kingdom math doesn't make sense, but he, I want you to understand today, church, that sacrifice actually preserves. Church, I, I don't know, I don't know where you are in your faith journey, but I believe that every single one of us, we have some work to do. Can I just look you in the eyes, church, as your pastor, and tell you that I would have missed the point if I taught you how to win at all these peripheral things, but you lost your soul. How unkind would it be for me to say, listen, this is how you this is how you grow your business. This is how you're better at your family. This is how, this is how you, 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 you in, in kind of help your kids go to the next. This is, this, it would be so unkind of me to just teach the peripheral things without teaching the main thing. And United Church, come on, I don't wanna just gather on Sundays. I mean, at Dover, they show up so early. Milford, they show up so early. They, they, we, we show up so early to, to put a place, to assemble a place for people to encounter the presence of God. And I don't wanna do it just to play games. Like, I want to do this so that you could stand before Jesus one day and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Not just good, not just faithful, good and faithful. So that when he looks you in the eyes with confidence, church, you can know that you won, but it, you wanted the right things. I don't want to just have nice things. I don't want to just have a nice house or a nice car or this, that, and the other thing and lose my soul. And I just believe that some of y'all are, are hungry for the real thing. You're hungry for the real thing tired of playing games, tired of like one foot in over here, one foot in over here, tired of like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to act like this at church, blessed brother, how you doing brother, so good brother, blessed brother, and then you go to work on Monday and it's not a B word, it's an F word, you know what I'm saying, like you've, you've replaced, like some of you are tired of it, and you're like, you know what, no, Lord, this is the moment, today is the day, where I say, Jesus, you're not just the savior of my life, you are the Lord of my life. I'm giving everything to you. I'm literally, I'm submitting. I'm getting on my knees. And God, whatever it is that you want, God, that's what I want. God, I don't, I don't know what it is that you want for me. I don't know how, but I, I, I trust you. I love you. And I truly believe that lordship really does matter. Maybe for you, the, the idea of suffering is... Um, like you've been thinking something's wrong with you and you're like, man, if I was really following Jesus, I wouldn't be suffering. No, can I tell you that God is building something great in your life? I've said this before, right here from this platform, that those who face great adversity usually have a great destiny. Maybe for you, it's just opening up your hands, realizing that sacrifice actually does preserve. I don't know where you are today, but I want to invite you, Milford Dover online, to just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment, if you will. If that's weird to you, you don't have to. 
But today, um, I just want to give you a little bit of space. I, I don't want to rush this moment. Because maybe today is the day that Jesus becomes the Lord of your life. So right there in your seat, your car, wherever you are, I just invite you to do some business with God. believe that as you tell him uh, the decision that you're making today to, to verbally say, God, I'm, I'm welcoming you as the Lord of my life. I, I truly believe that this would be the second greatest decision that you've ever made. First being giving your life to Jesus, him being your savior, but today having this moment where God has brought you on this journey. He's loved you so much to bring you to this place. God, whatever you want, that's what I want. Maybe today as I was talking about suffering, you've never thought about suffering through that lens before. You thought something was wrong with you. right where you sit you would just say God I'm God I'm not excited about it but God I I understand it that in this world I will have trouble but Jesus I sure am thankful that you have overcome the world maybe the last piece this idea of sacrifice preserves Maybe you've just been living closed fist with everything, time, family. And today you just need to open up your hands to realize that what you put down, you actually pick up. Today I want to pray for all of us your MC will take over, but I, God's stirring something fresh in our church. I truly believe that. So let me pray. Father, today we publicly say, God, whatever it is that you want, God, that's what we want. God, and we don't just say that personally. God, I say that as, as our church. Father, with this idea of suffering, God, I know that none of us are going to get excited about it, but would we see it through your lens? God, with that sacrifice, God, would we just open our hands, God, whatever. God, we want to experience more of you. So Jesus, I pray 
for every single person who's under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that we would win, that we would win at the right things, and that we would play by the right rules. Father, I pray a winning spirit over our church right now. God, I pray that spiritually that we would win. God, there's battles that we're gonna face every day. God, I pray that we would win. There's family situations. God, I pray that we would win. With our kids, I pray that we would win. There's financial things coming. I pray that we would win. The business is represented. I pray that we would win. But would we not gain the whole world and lose our soul? Father, we love you. Thankful for you. In Jesus' powerful name we pray these things. Amen.